Hey everyone, this is Anna Hopkins. Remember, if you're gonna geek out, geek hard. Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, where it's been a long time since I've rock and rolled. This is Andrew Young, as always, your host. Your guide through the magical land that is the audio journey we're about to go on for the next 60 minutes. And with me, as always, is my time-traveling companion, Mr. Green. Hey, hey, hey. Ho, ho, ho. Let's go. Let's fucking go, boys. There we go. We got a great show for you tonight. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of great people on. at the uh, Later on in the program, we'll be talking to Ksenia Daniela Karlamova who is uh, one of the stars of the new Robin Hood series. The updated version of The Legend takes place in modern times, uh, airing currently on Global on Wednesday nights. We're talking with her about the show and more. Uh, We've also got a review coming your way because it is Toronto After Dark. It's happening right now. Spooky season. Yes. Capping the, the highlight of spooky season is the Toronto After Dark Film Festival here in Toronto. We got a uh, a planned, complete overview on next week's show, wrapping up the entire festival, the films we saw. But tonight we're going to be reviewing one of the festival selections that plays at the festival at 9.45 p.m. tonight. That is Founders Day. So you can hear, if you're in Toronto, and you got no plans after our show, you can quickly buy tickets and head over to the Scotiabank Theatre, depending on what you think of what we think of Founders Day. And in just a few moments, we're going to be talking to an old friend of the show. She's an actor. She's a writer. She's a producer. She's a director. Anna Hopkins is back on the program to talk about her latest short film, Underpaint, which is now available on the Almoletto YouTube channel. So we'll be talking with her about that and more. But right now, we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back... Talking to Anna Hopkins right here, Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. I lie awake in bed and slept in weeks since 4 a.m. Keeping me, I ain't got no job. Nothing happened. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, and we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs... 
with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. To get on board, send us an email. Show at gmail.com And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on this Friday night in the heart of spooky season. In just a moment, we're going to be talking with Anna Hopkins about a film that really isn't spooky, but is very entertaining. That is the short film under paint. But before we do, just want to remind you folks that if you like Geek Card, you want more Geek Card, you can go join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Geek Card. You get cool exclusives, and you'll be part of the Geek Card family. Uh, if you want to see some cool videos that we've done, especially the stuff we did at Fan Expo Canada this past year, you can go to youtube.com slash show. We want to hit a 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year, so go there. Subscribe to the channel. Watch a few videos. Leave a few comments. It'll be really helping us out. And also, if you're looking for the perfect Christmas gift early, the best place to go is to tpublic.com slash user slash geekcard. Buy one of the many great shirts there. Somebody recently bought an old man t-shirt. I can't wait for them to maybe hopefully on social media put it up, put a picture of them once they get the shirt and uh, tag us because that would be great. But yeah, go check it out, tpublic.com slash the user slash geek card and get uh, some great geek card merchandise. Well, now we're going to get into the program. Mr. Green. Yes. Are you ready? To rumble, always. There we go. For the thousands in attendance. No, but anyways, okay, so we've got a great show with our first guest coming on right now. As I said, she's an actor. She's also a writer. She's been a producer. She's been a director. And her latest short film, Underpaint, it did the festival circuit. Now it is available on the Omletto YouTube channel. For the viewing public, it's a very personal story. We're very excited to have her back with us again. Welcome back to the program, Anna Hopkins. Hello. Hello, Anna. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. So um, the last time we had you on was all the way back at the end of 2021. Very okay. different time. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, that year, you had... Uh, shot and had just been finishing up editing on your short film Underpaint. Yes. Wow, time flies. Time Crazy. flies. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> Underpaint now it's available in the Omletto YouTube channel to, for people to watch. For people who haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, what's the film all about? The film is um it's in a lot of ways about my dad who passed away in 2011 and he was a painter. Um, and so the film is a, 
bit of a mixture between documentary and narrative. Um, and it's about sort of, you know, gliding through the memories that make up uh, you know, someone who's gone uh, and incorporating a lot of um, his work and then trying to kind of show his work through through the film. Very cool. Now, yes. you mentioned that it's like got uh, documentary elements to it. You yourself appear in the film as yourself, kind of as a narrator slash participant. And what like to me, when I was watching it, it's like, of course, you start as the narrator of the story and the things you see. And then suddenly you're on screen as a person in the gallery. And some points you're talking directly to camera and sometimes it's back to narration. When you were putting that together, like what made you decide to go for certain lines to be you voicing it directly to camera and others being a narrative choice, narration point? Um, I'm like, which, which lines were they? <laughs> you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of this stuff, it's funny. It's like when you're on the, on the end of kind of writing it or putting it together and shooting it, a lot of that stuff kind of comes from your unconscious and you're just, you're just kind of following your instinct and what feels right. And who am I talking to here? Am I talking to um, myself? Am I talking to the audience and just kind of trying to follow that instinct. And then, um, and then you kind of see the finished product and it's like, Oh, I didn't even maybe choose that so overtly, but you know, it happened. And so it's like, your guess is as good as mine <laughs> in a lot of ways, but, it's like that following that kind of that instinct of of it's a very sort of visceral story. And um, and in a lot of ways, it, I wrote it, it to process certain things, like not even really um, with the, the idea of making it. And so I think that is probably what showed up as this kind of trying to process something um, and using a couple of different mediums to do it. Yeah, it's one of the great things about about art, like whether it's physical art, like on a wall or like in a gallery or whether it's television or movies, short films, you you get to explore and, and, and try different things like, you know, in many of the times that we've had you on here, we always talk about the fact that you're doing different characters, different roles, you get to explore those things. But doing this, I, I got to imagine, like, from what it sounds like already that, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of emotion going on on a, you know, minute by minute basis while you're there on mm. set was, was that, was that something that, you know, uh, you had fully prepared for and then, you know, or were you like on the day, just like, wow, this is really getting to me again. And, uh, you know, like I'm kind of surprised by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, it's, it was definitely a very interesting feeling to like share it with, a crew like it was very private prior to that and then it was okay let's direct these actors and then it's like oh Anna you're up and it, and that was where it was like oh god <laughs> this is some of the most private thoughts that I've had and um you know, at, at the end of the day, when you're on a film set, it's almost like you're in a theater, like you're on stage um, and it's really intimate and you're like really close to everybody. Um, and I think those moments, obviously, like when I was acting and it was where it was 
definitely, it was interesting. It was just like a very odd experience. <laughs> um, but it was great. It was really, it was really fun. And, and I think like I got a lot of the emotion out, like in writing it, I think mm. uh, that was where it was like, okay. And now I, and now I had a little piece that I could work on and be a little separate from it at times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. With the uh, the cast you have here in this, of course, there's the the father and daughter that are walking through the gallery, and of course, there's the 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 gallery curator and stuff like that. <laughs> when you were casting these people, was there a certain thing you were looking for? Like when you were casting the girl, was there a certain like energy from her that you were looking that made you remind you of your own self as a child or anything like that? Yeah, I think um, for the three characters, I mean, they're Sam Kelly, who plays the gallery um, dealer, like it's it wasn't a big role, but that role in my life is such a like it, it's just that person that I know that person so well. Those are the people that you know sold my dad's work, and we as a kid, you know, going to the galleries, and I would often like there would be they would have their show and like and the, a lot of them were women and they had like this sort of really savvy side to them, but also this really sort of maternal side to them. And they would let me like build forts under their desks and, you know, while the grownups did their thing. And so like for her, it was that sort of like maternal, but also like quite sophisticated energy. And then with the daughter, absolutely like looking for just that sort of playfulness and, um, and I was just looking for a really good actress. And Maya is an exceptional actress. Um, she's doing incredibly well. And um, yeah, she she had an energy for sure that I, I that I connected with. So I think that was that worked really well. And then with um with Ben, like, yeah, just that there's just an it's hard to put into words, but you're looking for an essence of somebody, especially when you're trying to cast people that you know. Um, so it's like hard to put into words, but you know when you find it. Um, so, so yeah, those three people really made it very easy to to bring the story to life. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, like we, as you mentioned, like the essence, I, I've, I've noticed that in, in my life, people that I know personally remind me of other people, not in look or anything <laughs> like that, but it's just like, you just kind of look yeah. at them and, and, and there's something, that vibe, that thing that comes out of it. And that sounds like that was super key for you to, to bring that to life, uh, you know, like through the actors. Was it really hard to find somebody that fit that vibe as you were going through the casting process? Or did it come pretty like, oh, okay, two, three people in and like, I found the person I need for X role? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like with the with the the kid character um I was so when you have certain levels of budgets for projects you are allowed to audition people um versus sometimes you're not allowed to audition or there's like you know um so I was allowed to audition for the kid um and that was I mean it was like I loved every kid it was it, at that age like they just they don't have any walls up they're just going for it um and so there were like a bunch of people that I loved but you know the thing is is that when you're working with someone under 12 
your days are logistically much shorter. You're not allowed to work with them for very long. And so I was also looking for somebody who had experience and who could like take direction. Cause sometimes you find this like amazing kid and then it's like, Oh boy, we're here for two hours trying to get, you know, one line out. <laughs> um, cause we're kids. Well, um, it's funny so- you say that because I had a short film where uh, Mr. Green was in it and it took, two hours to get one line out and he was not a kid so there you go yeah no that does not discriminate you can definitely find that with act with adults as well yeah great thanks thanks for bringing that up again bud that's uh Uh, i gotta bring it up every time i can sir never lets it go it's it's been it's been like i don't know was it 15 years now since that happened i sympathize sympathize. we've all been there We got a, we got an email in from John T who has a question here that I already know the answer to, but I'll let you answer it. Hey geeks, was Anna in Letterkenny? Yes, I was. I played a car dealer. Yes. <laughs> um, when was that? I guess that was in 2021 or 20, yeah. 2021. Yeah, it, I I I know that the I know that the season came out on Christmas Day, but I can't remember what year. Maybe twenty twenty one sounds about. Yeah, right. it's part of that three year. Like, who knows what was? Yeah. But yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Well, you bring up a good point. You know, over the last couple times we've spoken to you, it's we've had to you know obviously deal with the uh, the pandemic as it existed, and you know, and we've kind of. Fingers crossed, come out to the other side sometimes. I don't know. They keep yeah. threatening new things. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But, you know, um, now that we are kind of beyond that, you know, uh, have you found any lingering side effects to, you know, uh, to the roles and the, and the, and the projects you've been working on? Or has it kind of fully reverted back to the, you know, the pre pandemic, uh, days? I mean, we, you know, the biggest thing is we just don't audition in person anymore, which is a really kind of sad outcome. It's also very positive in a lot of ways because you can be anywhere in the world. You can have a job, a day job. You can, you know, tape your audition. And and so there's some wonderful things about that. But there's a real disconnect between actors and casting directors and directors. Um, that was like really a special, that was, you know, it's the human connection that is kind of everything in this industry. So um, that has not reverted back and I don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, and then like, I mean, you, there's, they're kind of, calm down on the COVID testing, like on set. And then there's just like, there's these lingering like rules where it's just like you're outside and like everyone has to wear a mask and it's like, guys, what? (laughs) But I think that there's, yeah, I think there's these sort of like insurance rules that have remained and everyone's, you know, a little worried about shutting down the, the set and stuff. So I would say just that. Um, but the, the no in-person auditions anymore is really, it's a, I wish we could have the option, like come in on Tuesday or send us a tape, like one or the other, but then casting has to rent an office and it's like a whole, I'm sure it's very expensive. Um, so yeah, that kind of, I I think is gonna, is like dead. And it was like in this industry 
since the beginning and now it's gone. So that's a bit of a weird thing. Yeah. I think it's also going to, uh, quell the, uh, the level of competition from actors. Cause it used to be, you know, an actor would go into an audition room, see 10 other people that looked exactly like them and go, well, I got to be better than that person, that person, you know, give you an extra drive. Whereas at home, uh, just shooting a thing, you know, taping it, whatever, send it in. Not that same level yeah. of like, who's going to win type feel. Yeah. And it's very easy to get complacent and also maybe lack a little motivation because you're like, all right, I'm sending this into the ether again. Like who's even watching it. And it, and you know, at least in person, it's like, great. Loved what you did. Thanks so much. That, just that will get, will give someone the fuel for a month of like, all right, I'm on the right track. Whereas like, this is very impersonal. So mm -hmm. the stamina required to bring your A game for on tape auditions is quite heavy. Like to, to bring your A game every time when you just aren't sure anyone's even watching it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing I like also. Yeah. There are certain yeah. things in life that are gone now because of the effects of the pandemic, certain communal things that just won't come back. Like one of those things being the in-person casting, but like for the longest time, we were very much worried about like other communal areas that had become like a part of the mainstream for social gatherings and whatnot, like restaurants, but restaurants now back in full swing and you and your husband, was it two years ago that you opened up Danny's Pizza Tavern? Uh, one year ago. One year ago. And since then, yeah. you guys, you guys, you guys had your wedding there and you guys are in the yeah. heart, of, heart of little Italy. I've walked past there a bunch of times. I keep meaning to go in. I haven't had the chance to yet, but uh, what, was the, what was the decision for you guys to open up a pizza parlor? Um, you know, we, during the pandemic, that first summer in 2020, when really there was nothing going on, um, a very good friend of Dan's who run, who owns a few restaurants came to Dan and said, Hey, there's this space. A lot of restaurants, particularly high-end restaurants during the pandemic couldn't make, make it happen with takeout. So they started to rent their spaces out. Um, so there was this space on, um, uh, on queen and um it was like all right let's do a little pop-up and uh, you know as an actor i've worked as a, i've worked in restaurants for years uh in in montreal i worked as a server for 10 years uh bartender and so still very much like love the restaurant industry um and so that pop-up happened and it was kind of fun and and since then it was like kind of a joke like oh we should like really we should really do something and then um this space on college came about and there was a pizza oven in it and dan who works primarily in journalism and he writes a lot about culture and food and he was really into this style of pizza that doesn't really exist here which is called tavern pie which is Chicago has two styles, well, a, a couple, but two styles that a lot of people know about. Deep dish and then the tavern pie. Um, and the tavern pie is super thin crust um, toppings that go out to the edges and then cut in squares. And it's like this idea that you kind of sit at the bar and you share it with friends. And it's like a really 
it's a tavern pizza. It's a bar pizza. Um, and so he said, well, let's try that. And so at first I was like, ah, I'm not going to be involved at all. I have too many things to do. And then it was like, suddenly I am the manager of the restaurant (laughs) 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 because like I lived in the server world for so many years that front of house is like, you know, it's a love of mine. And so Dan really took care of the menu and the concept. And I was there like training the staff. And then the, the both of us just like went hard all year, worked super hard. Um, and now we have a manager. So we're like not there all the time. Uh, Dan is there a lot, but I have been relieved of my duties. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, good. You got a lot on your plate. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, 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 like, I got to imagine though, working with your husband that can present its own problems and challenges. Like, I know when I talk to my wife sometimes, like, we don't even like doing this chores together. Like, we just, <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to like open and run a restaurant for a year. Like, what, what was that? How did that work? Like, cause obviously you said like you had the front of the house, he was doing, you know, more of the back end stuff and that, you know, that worked out really well for your partnership, but. You know, like you're seeing each other all day long, all night long. Like you know, you don't get away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what was that like? Was that was that hard, or you just were like, we love spending every minute together? I mean, you know, we've been together for ten years, and okay. um, you know, being an actor, a lot of the time, there's a lot of time apart, and so it was like kind of this really nice way to hang out, like when we didn't often have the opportunity. Um, and I think like we are, we're so different. We, we bring very, very different things to the table. And so we're not in any way like competitive or like, and credit to him. He has no ego. Like I have a bigger ego than him. So like (laughs) he's very easygoing. Oh, and my dog's barking. There you go. I think Jasper wants to get in on that manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, you know, I I I keep walking past. I swear I'm going to walk in and check it out soon. Yes, I just usually do. usually I'm on my own and I'm going to do something. Next time I have some friends over, we'll walk down. We'll go to the place. Please there do. All right. Well, I yeah. want to thank you so much for coming on the program, Anna. I really enjoyed Underpaint. Yeah, really, really heartfelt, emotional short that, uh, that yeah, Thank I just so much. It was it was very obvious that you really, you know, put yourself out there that you told a story from the heart. And uh, I think uh, anybody who sees that is going to feel that. Thank you so much. That means a lot. All right. Well, you have yourself a great night, Anna. You too. Bye. Nice to Thanks. see you guys. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Bye. 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 So that was Anna Hopkins. You can check out Underpaint on the Omletal YouTube channel and uh, give it a watch. It's about what fourteen minutes, I think, something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fourteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, we got an email in from longtime listener Kelly T, who says, "Hey geeks, we'll check out your YouTube stuff. Hey to the old dude. Happy Halloween to you, dudes." The new cat. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, Mr. Green watches videos on the Geek Heart YouTube channel right now. That was a total. I, I, yeah, and that's my fault. I apologize. That's amazing. And well, we say hey to you as well. 
uh, Kelly, and have a happy Halloween. And uh, the the old man, are you here? I'm always here. What do you want? Well, Kelly T says, uh, hey to you. Well, hey to Kelly as well. I hope you're doing well, and I hope all your dreams come true. That's a very nice message. And now that leads us to these messages. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we'll be giving our review of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival Selection Founders Day right here, Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In a moment, we're going to be giving our review of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival selection Founders Day. But before we do that, I just want to read an email from David E. Of course, if you want to send in your email with any thoughts about what we've been talking about on the show tonight or any questions or just to say, hey, geekcardshow at gmail.com. So David E. writes, geeks, is Founders Day in theaters yet? Thanks. P.S. Hey to the old man. Well, David, if you live in Toronto and maybe you have a car or close access to the subway, Right after this show, you can head on down to the Scotiabank Theater in Toronto and see Founders Day playing as part of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Tickets are still available if you go to torontoafterdark.com. But other than that, it's going to be finishing off festival run. Then I believe it will be out soon. I'm not exactly sure the date, but stay tuned. But if you're in Toronto and you got nothing to do tonight, right after the show, go check it out. Definitely. And uh, old man, you got anything to say to David? David, long may you live a prosperous life and may your children's children's children enjoy a fruitful paradise. That's really nice. He's been really nice tonight, eh? I think he's been enjoying his edibles again. I think that's really what it comes down to. All I'm saying is, is that Fridays, usually the third week of the month, I get a delivery of some really good baked goods. I cannot confirm nor deny what is in said baked goods. I know it's legal here, but I just want to just put that out there. I'm not promoting anything. Except but for if, good, tasty 
baked goods. That's right. Good tasty baked goods. But, but if there's anybody out there that happens to make special tasty baked goods and you would like me to promote them, contact the Geek Card Boys at geekcardshow at gmail.com. I'd be happy to be a spokesperson for you at a reasonable price. Wow. You know what? He's really happy, but he's still, he's still on the ball. He's still selling. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get into our, of course, the Toronto After Art Film Festival is back. We've already gone to see some films at the fest and we've gotten mm-hmm. to see some films in advance. Uh, very excited. Always excited this time of year. Both of us, we really love Toronto After Art because they're like the it, first festival that kind of welcomed us in as reviewers. They did. Uh, and also because, uh, it's just, it's a really fun festival. Like it's, it doesn't take itself too, too seriously, but it does give a really great, uh, opportunity to, uh, new and returning emergence and emerging filmmakers to showcase what they've got. And, uh, there's always something for everyone. Doesn't matter if you like, uh, body horror or if you like, you know, uh, J horror or, you know, European stuff big Hollywood type things. All of it is available yeah, through the horror, festival. Horror, sci-fi, genre. Yep. That's all yeah, sorry. Kind of I kept on saying the word horror. Yeah. It's October. I'm <laughs> and, kind of there. And also because we're about to review a True. horror film. But, That's right. you're, but you're right. I, some of the, some of the great films in the past have been sci-fi. There's been, uh, there's been a few, um, uh, crime mystery, uh, you know, thrillers that have been in there that have been like really good. It's like there's lots of fantastic options. In fact, if you go to geekcardshow.com right now, you can read my review of the sci-fi comedy that played last night at Toronto After Dark, UFO Sweden. Uh, but we're here tonight. We're talking about Founders Day, uh, which is uh, premiering at 9.45 p.m. at the Scotiabank Theatre, directed by Eric Bloomquist, written by Eric and Carson Bloomquist. Produced by Mainframe Pictures, an official selection of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Here to read the synopsis for the film is our good friend, the old man. Yeah, 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 I am a good friend. I'm a good friend to everybody. Even you, Mr. Green, you know it. Remember that, that time I cut your lawn? It's a good time. I, I, I did. I had to do, I have to admit, I had to go back over to, uh, one more time because I your got lines, 90% of it. Your, your lines were slightly off and it just, I was very disappointed in that, but you did, but you did it. So, you know, I appreciate that. I, all I'm hearing is that you're great old man. Keep it up. And that's, that's all I need to hear in his, in this bold political slasher, a small town is shaken by a series of ominous killings in the days leading up to a heated mayoral election. As accusations fly and the threat of a mass killer darkens every street corner, the residents must race to uncover the truth before fear consumes the town. Well, there we go. That sounds like... You said it's at the Scotiabank Theater tonight? Yep, that's it. 9.45? Yep, you got time. Yeah, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to head down there now. Go check out the film. There you go. Good call. Sounds like a good man. But hey, be be careful. You're not, a, you, you're not as sharp a wit as you usually are. Hey, you know what? I've been on a lot more and done a lot more at the same time. That's all I'm saying, you know. Like, uh, you know, I was a boat captain once, and we had a lot of opium on that boat. That's all I'm saying. You and Keith Richards, we get it. Yeah, I can't be killed by conventional weapons either. All right, well, there he goes. There he goes, the old man. All right, so let's get into it. Mr. Green, what did you think of Founder's Day? Um, It is... It's a very interesting film. Like you mentioned, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, some very pointed political commentary going on in here. 
there is some uh some comedy going on in this film but at the end of the day i think this film is not quite there like it's i think it's a little too long could have been a little bit tighter and uh but i liked a lot of the ideas that were going on in here right it has that kind of you know as it was sold to us this idea that it's a old you know like a kind of a traditional you know old school slasher type film and it does that's the you know your top layer that's your obvious um you know uh portion of the film but then below that is all the the political satire and, and everything that goes along with that and uh they don't pull any punches on the political side of things that's for sure and just for anybody who's listening who might get their panties in a knot Every side gets skewered in this, yeah, figuratively and literally. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of skewering going on in this film. Yeah, I'd say so. What did What did you think of? Because you, you, for a long time, have been a fan of the Masked Killer. Back in the day, you know, you enjoy the Halloween and whatnot. Yes, yeah, my favorite horror film of all yeah, time, hundred percent. Your favorite horror film of all time. So, what do you think of the founder? Like, it's the look of the character, the way the character does the yeah. kills. Yeah. So, on that side of things, it's a good question. I like that. Thank you. Um, thank, thank you for your question, sir. Look at that. He's in a press conference. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There's a lot of press uh, conferences in this film. So, they yeah, <laughs> there are. Um, and not all of them go well. Uh, no, the the actual visual design of the killer, quote unquote, killer is uh is actually pretty cool i I did like that it's it's a different take on what we've seen in the past because you know you, you look back at like a mike myers traditionally he's just a you know mechanics overalls and the you know the repainted inside out uh, shatner mask and a knife call it a day right mm -hmm. jason Voorhees is you know ripped up jeans ripped up flannel and a hockey mask and and, a, and some various sharp implement call it a day yeah. you know freddy krueger the other you know our other of the big three right uh just regular work pants and a sweater and then you know finger knives ghost face ghost face ghost face actually very similar to founder and in, in the case in this case because of the black robe um yeah there's there are it, it does fit into those motifs of just a very simple design here's this you know kind of weird creepy spooky mask thing and then uh and then a very interesting way of killing people through a gavel. And that can be used in a multitude of ways. I don't want to ruin all of it, but it does have a multitude of uh, uh, utility within the film. And um, that was that was certainly fun. The fact that the mask is not um, not easily discernible uh, because it has it's like a red and black kind of paint scheme that's on it to uh so it's not very like in the shadows it works really really well because then it offsets with the white hair of the character um you know hearkening back to you know uh, like the 1700s and you know when uh a lot of uh uh, uh european men would wear those white wigs you know mm -hmm. and we still do technically here in canada in the in our legal system uh which i still find hilarious um but uh yeah no i i liked i liked the costume design of it i you know i thought that was really cool and uh it's just you know like i said i just wish there was some some places where i think it could have been tightened up and make it really really sing and and really like bring more oomph to it but uh i think for a lot of slasher fans they're going to enjoy this you know and you know if you like having some fun with your slasher film too there is 
a good chunk of humor throughout. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of tongue in cheek and winks at the camera in this film, especially with uh, I find Catherine Curtin's uh, mm. police commissioner Peterson is very much set up there to be like a comic relief mm. version of the police sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. When it comes to this story, uh, you know, we we kind of we brought up Scream a bit with um, with uh, the ghost face there. Mm-hmm. And this kind of reminds me of the first season of Scream, the TV series that aired on MTV. Oh, okay. And kind of similar thing. We're kind of really focused more on like the downtown strip and the movie theater and things like that. Right, right, right. And I feel like there was a good job of having an ensemble cast. Like you really got the feel of what this small town is like, which sometimes in a slasher film, you don't get that. You get like, here's your cannon fodder. You know what I mean? Whereas in this, they did a really good job of establishing the kind of high tension political drama within this, uh, this little town during these murders in a satirical way. Mm-hmm. But still, like it gave, I, I was impressed with the fact that it gave it a little more meat than a film usually would. Yeah, no, I think the best, another way, or not the best, but the, another way to look at it is, is they kind of treated this like a traditional drama uh, or thriller, I should say, actually not drama, but like a thriller where they're, to your point, the background, there's all these little things going on. Actually, there's a point, there's several points in this film where I was paying attention more into the background of what was going on, not because I was bored, but because I was actually like, is this, does this mean something? What does that mean? Does that mean something? <laughs> right? Because I started, like, there was little things that happened. And I don't know if it was a choice by Blumquist to have that happen at these particular moments. Like there was one where a car drives by on a, on a tow truck. And that was the beginning of my like delve into this, where it was just kind of like, Oh, I kept, I'm like, Oh, what's going on back here? And, you know, like looking for clues is to figure out. Cause you know, yeah. part of the fun of these movies too, is trying to figure out who the, the killer is, right? Like it's not like watching an episode of Columbo where you know who the killer is within the first 30 seconds. Yeah, Just one more thing. Just yeah. one more thing. Which there was a bit of that in this, which that made me laugh. There was a bit of Kojak. There was like, again, going back to Catherine Curtin's uh, uh, Commissioner Peterson, like there's there is some, you know, some fun in that. Um, And I I was having a a blast with some of that stuff. I just like I said, like overall, I just wish things were a little bit tighter in places. But but, you know, taking taking a step back from that and looking at the core elements yeah, I really liked uh, what the story was trying to get at and some of the um, the subtler cues of what was going on. There is definitely, I think uh, there's going to be some people out there writing papers about uh, the subtext of certain scenes within this film through certain characters, um, both the obvious versions and the lesser obvious ones. You know, uh, just weird things like uh, I saw recently somebody talking about how uh, Barbie is actually the precursor to Harley Quinn. Well, there you go. There you right. Go. Like just like a weird thing. Right. I think there's some stuff in this film that you could have some fun with, but no, I, I just, I, I, I liked a lot of that stuff. The killer looks really good. And I think has, and there's some really good deaths in here. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so you're saying people should check it out if they get the chance. I think if you're big into slashers, yes. If not, uh, I would say just wait for, for a streaming situation. You know, if you're looking for something like on a Saturday or something, I'd say definitely a streamer or rental. Yeah. It's something to watch on a Friday or Saturday night. Definitely. We got yeah. an email in from Don Q who says, geeks, why is the old man so cordial tonight? Well, old man, I'm high on life, baby. 
That's all I got to say. Nothing else. Maybe something else. I will not confirm nor deny. All righty. Well, thanks a lot, old man. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Ksenia Daniela Kamova right here. Geek Card. Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Art, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. We're going to come into our last segment of the evening with our last guest that we'll be talking with. She is one of the stars of the new Robin Hood series airing on Global right now, an updated version of the classic legend. Please welcome to the program, Ksenia Daniela Karlamova. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. So I actually, I got to meet you back at Fan Expo this past year in August. We did a quick interview. Yes. Yeah, and uh, at that, got to learn all about Much Millerson. But for people who haven't had a chance yet to check out the series, what's this new Robin Hood all about? Um, it's, uh, it's the reimagined tale of, you know, the classic that we all know, Robin Hood. Um, it's just uh, just a more modern take on it. So, you know, the characters that you love are still there. Robin, LJ, Maid Marion, um, you know, John Prince, all these, all these characters are still there. It's just, uh, it's just an updated version. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much uh, in modern times. And as opposed to back in jolly old England, uh, it's instead it's on a street that people can recognize in their own lives. Totally. Now with it, you play much Millerson, who's kind of like the gearhead of the hood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you like most about playing much? Um, well, I think she's very similar to me in the fact that, you know, we're very headstrong, <laughs> fairly opinionated people. But it was also very interesting because she in a lot of ways, she's also very much not like me. And uh, in my day to day life, I'm fairly more feminine than I than the character that I portray. Um and it was also interesting just playing a character who's like a gearhead because like I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was interesting to like, you know, be in a mechanic shop and like, you know, I, I did actually learn like a few, like what some tools were for and stuff like that, which was, which was really interesting. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've heard other actors like who are on Star Trek or like some other like sci-fi thing where they talk about the gobbledygook words that they have to kind of speak <laughs> here. Like, you know, for, like you said, you don't drive, you you don't really know much about uh, yeah. mechanics, right? Like, so 
did was it was that a tough thing for you like you know anytime you're doing something like to kind of like you know did you have somebody that you could work with to learn like to kind of like mimic how uh you know that would actually take place yeah so um Thankfully, we have like builders on set and stuff like that who are not they're not mechanics, but they do work a lot with, you know, you know, tools that you wouldn't regularly see and like stuff like that. So, yeah, a couple of times they saw stuff on the monitor and they would come and correct because I had a very big thing where I was like, I don't want to look I don't want to do something wrong. Like if I'm playing an authentic character, I want to authentically look like I'm doing it. Like I don't want to look like, you know, you're supposed to twist it this way and I'm twisting it the other way. Like I, I would rather do it properly because like if i'm watching something like i'm a very big like sci-fi nerd buff you know and so is my dad and like whenever we see stuff that's like not correct we always notice it so you know i i always tried to like if there was someone i could ask like how to properly do it i always would but you know there might be a couple scenes here and there where if you look close enough i would be doing something wrong (laughs) Oh, weird. Well, you know, like much, much comes off as a badass in this, you know, I like, I like how you give her like a deeper timber as well, the way she talks, you know, it's very like, you know, guttural, but with, uh, with those scenes, like doing this character, is it ever like, oh man, I kind of want to learn how to drive. Cause like, of course you wouldn't get to do it on the show. It'd always be a stunt person. But when, but when much his character gets to do the getaway on that motorbike and have yeah. the and everything, it's like, that's like really cool. Like I can't drive either. And I sat there going, man, I wish I could drive like that. You know? No, I know. Definitely. Like I remember people around set called me SpongeBob. Cause like, I don't have my driver's license, um, which is like a valid criticism. Like I'm 20 years old. I should probably have my driver's license, but like, yeah, it definitely did make me want to learn how to drive. I remember like the stunt coordinator, uh, Angelica, great woman she was like you know one of these days i'm gonna teach you how to drive because like (laughs) she knows how to do all the cool tricks and stuff like she has her motorcycle license her you know a bunch of different licenses and she knows how to do all the cool stuff that you see like fast and furious and i was like you know i might have to i have to take you up on that you might have to give me a private lesson you know because like it i mean come on like who would not want to know how to ride a motorcycle well, not only that, but the fact that you could potentially learn from a stunt person, that is awesome because <laughs> they they are going to know how to do some stuff that may or may not be good to do in the real world, but still like fun. May or may not be legal, you know. No, I didn't say that. I just... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like if you go down the street and you put your car on two wheels, maybe people won't look at that that good, but it'll yeah. be fun. It'll be fun fun as hell i know <laughs> especially if you have people in the back seat as you're doing i just think about you're like you don't tell anybody to you just go <laughs> surprise <laughs> but so so you know obviously like living in a city like you know like andrew himself right like i have a car i drive i always have but when you're in a city you don't need to drive like why why would you need to drive yeah right? uh, yeah it's you know like i, I live tor- in toronto and it's just like our public transportation here is good enough to get me from point A to point B on time. Most of the time, you know, we have delays a lot. So I'm going to say like 75% of the time. Um, I didn't like that. You said good enough. You didn't say good. Good good enough. enough. (laughs) I've waited for, I've waited for a streetcar for up to half an hour before. So I'm going to say good enough. (laughs) Pretty much. like it's like when you leave your, your home, and you walk down the street in Toronto and you suddenly see a flooding of people coming out of the station. You're like, oh, shit, 
the line is down and then you have to start replanning yeah. what you're going to do. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, <laughs> in this, of course, you know, you guys are kind of like an ensemble group as the hood who are, you know, mm -hmm. working to uh, help out the people of Sherwood towers. Uh, and in that, of course, a lot of your scenes are as a group. Was there like the camaraderie that you guys formed to have those characters on set? Did it transfer to offset? Was there a lot of like you guys hanging out outside of the show? Um, yeah. So we like outside of set, we're all very close. I would say like, you know, Nakima plays uh LJ, where like we do have like a very much like a brother-sister dynamic. Um, Idrissa, who plays Alan, we're we're very friendly, like we, we all met, it was really interesting because the show was shot during COVID. So we didn't get to meet each other until the first day of filming, which is very hard to do because like, you know, you're supposed to, you know, there's usually chemistry tests, chemistry reading, stuff like that. We didn't get any of that because of COVID. So we all really did meet each other for the first time when we were working already together. And I remember the first scene, it was actually an episode two that we all filmed together it was uh Nakeem and uh Alan and I we were one of the first scenes was we were locked in a closet which we were actually locked in a closet so like that 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 just brought us together instantly like we just I mean after, like if you're locked in a closet together and someone actually smells I'm not going to say who it was but someone <laughs> forgot to put their deodorant on it gets you it gets you it brings you close you know what I mean <laughs> oh man now I gotta sit there going was it Nakeem or was it Adressa was it yeah, Nakeem <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expose who it was but someone forgot their deodorant well, yeah, in that scene, it's like you guys, when you guys busted out of that closet, it was like people coming out of a clown car. I was like, how the hell did you guys fit in that thing? It was I small. Know. I honestly do not know how we fit because that, that there was no tricks or anything. That closet was really that small. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's crazy. But that's, uh, uh, suffering for the art right there. That's what exactly. that is. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But yeah, you mentioned the, the 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 brother sister relationship on on camera, of course, much and little John also kind of have that brother sister relationship. And much really razzes little John about his crush on Robin and everything like that. In real life, do you do you razz? Nakeem the same way about oh, things? all the time I like I tell him I'm gonna beat him up all the time like constantly <laughs> like because like, he's like if you've seen him in person you know that he's a fairly large guy like he's buff he's built but like you know I just I, I, I mean come on like it's the materials right there like I, I just go for it every time uh we really do we like we tease each other a lot like it's the dyna that dynamic is real. Like I don't think we were even acting in our scenes. Like that's just how we are. Like with each other. <laughs> well, yeah, it's got to it, like to your point. Like earlier about how you didn't get a chance to do chemistry tests. You didn't get a chance to meet each other until the, you know you're on set. Like it comes across as that you know like how close you guys are constantly, mm -hmm. right? Like it's you know that that friendship that you guys. Not everybody who goes onto a set develops that. You know, so it, it sounds like Absolutely. you know from what you're describing that it's you know you you're really lucky that way. Yeah, and I really do want to, like, thank Nikeem in that way, because, like, Idrissa and I are very, I would say, shy people. Well, not shy, maybe just to ourselves. Like, if we're both alone in the green room waiting for our scene, we're probably both reading or listening to music. Like, we're very, like, we, we, we seclude ourselves a little bit, I'd say. So Nikeem really brought us all together. 
because uh you know Drissa and I are very friendly to each other but I don't if I don't think if Nikeem was there I think we would have been a little more just give each other more space both Nikeem being there he just kind of makes it a very like friendly environment he's always joking around he's he's a great guy so you know as much as I razz on him <laughs> you know he did bring us all together in that sense yeah no that that's very cool now of course you guys play the hood in this who are a group of rappers that rob from people like John Prince to help out the neighborhood and stuff like that. Uh, and in it, you guys are wearing kind of like Halloween costumes to hide your identities. And I remember I talked to director X and he said specifically that Robin and little John had the mass of a Fox and a bear because the, the uh, Disney cartoon of mm-hmm. it being, yeah, your character much has like a deer mask for you what do you think that symbolizes about much you know i'm not sure what it symbolizes just like on paper if i saw it but i do know where the deer comes from where the deer okay. symbolism comes from i think in the original folktale how much the miller's son met robin and her gang was or his gang <laughs> in the original <laughs> tale um he was hunting on land that he wasn't supposed to and he uh, shot a deer and he got caught by the, uh, by the local government or the local Lord. And then he bust out and something along those lines, but that's how, that's where like the deer connection comes from. Oh, okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Much is one of those characters that it's like, everybody knows about Robin Hood and everybody knows about little John, Will Scarlet, Characters yeah. like that, Alan Adeo, all those characters. Mm-hmm. But Much is kind of one of those characters that you, you, you've got the very cool, like, you know, like uh, Robin Hood nerds would be like pushing up their glasses going, well, you know, there's <laughs> Much the Miller's son. You know, you guys don't know about him. And you got- yeah. It's, he's, like, he's a little bit of an obscure character, I'd say. Like, I, I have the comics, actually. I have a couple of the, the first few ones. And, um, yeah, he's he, he's in those, uh, though, which I like. Because yeah. uh, um, he's an interesting character because he's not in in the folk tales a lot or in the movies in the in the previous uh, um, I guess versions of them he's not in them a lot but so it's interesting that they like they really research their 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 shit for this to be honest like there's a lot of like little stuff just little details like even the deer with the mask there's just a lot of stuff that it's like you really gotta you really gotta know you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah no that's the thing I noticed that yeah they. Uh... They really, they really dug deep there, Director X and Chris Roberts, really pulling from the lore. And because of that, you know, like, you'd think that with a show like this, that doesn't leave a lot of room for any leeway. But is there any chance, points during the filming that you, playing the character of much, made suggestions? Like, oh, what if we did this? And, or was it very much like a let's stick to everything the way it's set out? Um, so in the beginning, like, uh, when I auditioned, uh, I, I, I sent an audition tape and then I had a meeting with X for uh, the callback that I was going to do the next day, which is another audition in front of the casting director and the director. Um, and during the meeting before the callback, he sent me a list of like characteristics uh, of much. And it was a lot like it, it went into numerology. It went into personality types. It was wow. it was very very in-depth so I tried to stick to you know whatever was there but when we were actually filming um I would say it was very it was very collaborative uh that's how I always felt like I could always go up to Chris and be like hey I think maybe I should say this a bit differently or like this sounds more authentic or 
Um, in episode seven, a really big fight breaks out between a lot of the characters. There's just a lot of tension and stuff. And um, on the day, we actually got Chris to help us rewrite the scene during lunch to add more tension because it just it felt like we got mad. Everyone got mad too fast and there wasn't enough interaction. So, you know, it was just really collaborative. Like even just stuff like that um, shows just how everyone like really worked together, I think. So, yeah, it was it was it was a very open environment in that sense. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. You got you got to love you got to love sets that are like that. You know, not not everybody yeah. not everybody gets that chance, right? Absolutely. No, totally Absolutely. well. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Ksenia. Uh Really, really enjoying what you guys are doing. Really enjoy the 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 chemistry that you guys have as a group on the show. Like, I feel like very much like when I watch it, I'm like, those are people I'd like to hang out with. You know. <laughs> So uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope that uh, people enjoy the rest of the season of Robin Hood airing right now on Global on Wednesday nights. Hope you have yourself a great night. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Right. Have a great night. You too. Thanks, Ksenia. Bye. So that was Ksenia Daniela Karlamova. Uh, she's one of the stars of Robin Hood, which airs Wednesday mm -hmm. nights on Global. Check it out. Check your local listings here in Canada. But we've come to the end of the program, Mr. Green. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have. And you know what that means? You tell the good folks where they can find us. Absolutely. As always, if you like what we do here, you can always find additional content over at patreon.com slash geekard for everybody who participates in that right now. We thank you guys ever so much. You guys are a big help for keeping us on the air every week. Um, and for those of you who don't, that's cool. We understand. It'd be super cool if you came over and joined us. Additional content is always available over at YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geekard Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, in which if you didn't listen to us live tonight, the best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew? Subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Tunes, Spotify. While you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation with us, email us, geekardshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Ksenia Daniela Karlamova and Anna Hopkins for coming on the program. For Mr. Green and for Yuri in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard. With your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.